0: Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
1: All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of the program. I am
2: merely Bo. He is the great Z. How you living, buddy? Doing well, man. We are through the preseason. Obviously, a very difficult couple of days coming up. Not only for wait, I was applaud- Let's huh? have the joy we uh, We're done with Yay! the preseason. Hey! And, Games that
1: uh, matter. Everybody plays.
2: Boy, that was. And, <laughs> I don't. Uh, just this has a, been a quick long aside, time coming.
1: Just as a quick aside, I the NFL preseason. I don't know that it's ever been worse than it is currently. No. Nobody knows what to do. Some people do it one way, one people do it another from a entertainment standpoint for the fans, I think it's just dreadful. Not necessarily us specifically, although we're part of it, everybody. It's just bad. It's bad across the board. It's bad ball. Bad ball. It's tough. It's a tough tough watch.
2: It's going to eventually so get So thank God it's over. 18 games, two preseason. Yeah. You'll have one that'll be kind of and one that hopefully is a dress rehearsal and then away you'll go.
1: Can you just go like Can it be yeah, it's, it's eight, it'll be 18-2, 18 regular season, two preseason, which seems crazy to me you're going to play 18 regular season games, but that's what they're going to do. And you go to two preseason, and maybe they're like, I don't know, controlled I, pre- game or something where like a coach can go, hey, run that back. Like, I don't think you have to be so committed to game. I think the fan is smart enough now to understand that, oh, you know, like, hey, we you gave us this look on third and three. Can you give it the Run that back so we can re- see what this looks like against it. Like, I don't know. It, I just think that, right, this is tough. It's a tough watch.
2: It is a tough watch, but guys are competing, and you're going to get, you know, some stories of guys fighting and, and clawing their way on the roster. I think much yeah. like D'Anthony Bell, who ultimately will end up uh, on the Browns roster, in my opinion. Uh, that's To me, that's exciting. So that's what you have to look for. It is in the preseason, but that's not a whole lot. I mean, that's, no. that's a, a pretty minor, ultimately. It's also uh, a deep cut. Very deep. That is you know, like a... A B-side.
1: <laughs> it's a B-side song eight. Yeah, for the kids out there, when we used to have to flip a tape.
2: That's right. Um, flip
1: that tape. Yeah, it's a deep cut. So like the, for the app for the general fan, it's it's a tough one. If, you know, the average fan, it's tough. But we're through it now, and that's the beauty of it. We're done. Yeah. Um. We had week zero in college football. Didn't didn't give you much, but it, you know we're on, and now you got week one of college football this week. Buckeyes and Irish, and and in between now and then. And between now and a week from Sunday, you've got some business, and it's going to come fast and furious for Andrew
2: Berry here in the next 24 hours. It's tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Yeah, and we've already started the Browns roster down to 73. They've placed Chris Odom on injured reserve with that ACL injury. They have waived five players, wide receiver Jamarcus Bradley, defensive tackle Glenn Logan, safety Javante Moffitt, Tackle Ben Petrula and defensive end Curtis Weaver, who had a sack in each of the last two preseason games, and they have terminated the contract of veteran wide receiver Javon Wim. So now the Browns are at 73, still 20 to go down to the 53. Curtis Weaver transformed his body a couple summers ago. He did, and and it you know it never necessarily manifested itself. I think he's had a good camp. They like Curtis Weaver. It wouldn't shock me if he ended up back on the yeah. Browns practice squad, uh, where he was for mo- most of last season. But he's just in a room with incredible numbers. I mean, it is in a very very deep deep room, and you know with you got your big three: Winovich, uh, Rochelle, Isaiah Thomas. You know, we've just unfortunately on the outside looking in there, but a guy who's very well liked by his peers and in the building. So we'll see if. Uh, if he ends up back on the practice squad,
1: two receivers on this list. Uh, you mentioned Javon Wims terminated, Jamarcus Bradley waived. Um, obviously, we'll get into the breakdown of the game a little bit, but that is a position I'm very, very curious about over the next 24 hours.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It's a. It's the position to be curious about. Honestly, yeah. I think could the Browns, if you're saying of like the guys that you expect to make it, you know, over the course of this roster, if we go through and do a little 53 at some point, or, or take I a look at some do, things yeah. like that. Um, you're going to have, you know, the one position where I think like a guy that is a known recent draft pick of the Browns that could maybe defensive tackle. I think they could still look for somebody in the, on the backup of a defensive tackle and then wide receiver. It, it does. It feels to me and it is very hard to watch Anthony Schwartz struggle the way that he is good news. He's getting open bad news. You can just see him fighting the football. He is, not in a good place mentally as it comes to catching the football and it's tough and the fans were tough and all the quarterbacks were very kind to him on the sideline during that game but it was hard to watch uh he was booed soundly it was hard to listen to it was hard to see and and here's the issue though he in many ways is the key to unlocking this offense because of his speed speed's great getting open is great but you have to get open, you have to catch mm-hmm. the ball. That's what David Bell does so well, but David Bell's not going to threaten a defense vertically. And so that's a position that it feels like the Browns are going to have to make a move to get another outside receiver. I think with David Bell inside, Harrison Bryant's ability to play the big slot, I think Demetric Felton inside, they like what they've got inside. You can even put Amari Cooper inside. And he's very dynamic out of the slot, and you will see that. But we need a field stretcher outside and, and right now you've got DPJ, who's got a great career, you know, 18.8 yards of catch. But he's somebody that is more of a contested catch vertical threat. Yeah, he uses bomb. And he, used, he knows how to get open. And by the way, he was open for a big chunk play in that game uh, on the the bomb to Schwartz, which was a dime from Brissette and that he wasn't able to bring in. But yeah, we need somebody with a little bit of juice to loosen things up. And, you know, Schwartz, here's the, the crazy part, and, and I don't – People don't get to see this because it's here. Mm-hmm. He's had back-to-back great weeks of practice, making great catches. And so it clearly is something about the games that becomes somewhat mental for him. He's got kind of the yeah. catching yips, like a Chuck Kids on Knoblock or Steve mm-hmm. Sachs you know, throwing to first base, guys who had done Markel it. Markel
1: Fultz, there's a ton of these. I mean, this happens. It gets in your head, and you know, all of a sudden, something that you've done and you've always felt very comfortable with, there's something about going to the game it happened to Shaquille O'Neal with free throws. He'd always talk about he did 80% of his free throws in practice. go to the games and hit 50. Yep. Like, he just got in your head. And and he's it's clearly in his head right now. Yeah. I just want to ask you this because I think this is the other part that you have to remember about this. Like, you know, this offense, this receiving group was put together with the idea that Deshaun Watts was going to be the quarterback for the Absolutely. majority of the season. Yes. He's not going to be the major- quarterback for the majority of the season. In fact, tomorrow is his last day that he can be here. So that from that point on, we won't see him for a while. But – one big part of it was that he was going to be the one elevating this receiving core with the exception of Amari and DPJ's. I think we believe in him we believe in all these guys, but Amari's stands on his own. No doubt. And so
2: he's one of one and
1: he is. And so now Watson is out. So to your conversation about you need, you're going to need buddy. You do not even have to hit on that many of them. But you have to have somebody out there that you can hit on every once in a while because what we're going to be doing offensively, I think pretty straightforward, is a lot of what we did the last couple of years, and that's going to be predicated entirely on an ability to run the ball. So every once in a while, you've got to be able to take a shot and say, Jacoby, just throw it as far as you can and just give us a little bit of breathing room here with these safeties. Give them something to think about. If the guy on the other end of that can't haul it in,
2: you're in a tough spot because there's not anybody else that's going to scare anybody deep. No, I mean, Chief, a great seam runner. Sure, I thought made a great catch on a, a beautiful ball from Brissett. You know, right over the middle of the seam. And here's the thing, folks. You know, Brissett ends up 13 to 23 in this game. You had three drops from Schwartz. 16 to 23 feels a heck of a lot different than than 13 of 23. Sure, and, and the numbers would have been everything about it would have been yeah a very different ball game for him. And then not to mention the interception on a target two shorts mm-hmm. where he runs into the linebacker. That is, you run that, that is 101. Flat out of the slot, slant from the outside. That is football 101. And yeah. I don't know if he went too shallow. You either have to go under that or you have to go over that. I mean, there are no, no you can't in-betweens, run in. but you cannot run into the guy and then be knocked down to the ground. So when your quarterback is throwing to a spot in a three-step drop, which is quick game, he's throwing to a spot. And you're not there, you're on the ground, of course the DB is going to – it's going to look like he throws it right to the DB. That's right. So that is – and that's another thing. The the Browns have an abundance, abundanza of running backs. They probably have an abundance of interior offensive linemen. Do those positions fetch quality wide receivers? I don't know. And the answer to that is probably No. No not proven probably no you're taking flyers you got to take a flyer so there's you know Darius Slayton with the Giants Denzel Mims with the Jets these are two guys that are purportedly made available both have talent Slayton a couple years ago actually had a very nice season for the New York Giants he's got vertical speed that's that's kind of his calling card so he's somebody that makes sense he's had two seasons in in 19 and 20 where he had 740 yards eight touchdowns 751 three average 15 yards a catch so that's somebody that you know has that kind of juice that maybe you would be able to give a look to he's had a 40 yard plus reception all three years in league last year it was banged up so he didn't play as much those numbers were down and they brought in kenny galladay Mm -hmm. He's somebody that would be intriguing. Denzel Mims was, I believe, a former second-round pick of the Jets out of Baylor. I believe Seems I right that. We'll see that. Second round, yep. Uh, went to Baylor. All right, we had both of those things. He averages 16 yards a catch for his career. Just has not been given many opportunities. And he's a big 6'3", big-bodied, outside guy, prototypical, big, fast. So he's somebody that's interesting uh, that could be helpful. Nobody that the Browns get. Barring a mega deal that would be unfor- an unforeseen type of a mega deal, yeah, nobody that the Browns get here is going to be necessarily like a weak early season savior. So yeah. put that out way of you your get mind. one of those
1: guys is trade a corner. I mean, you'd have to trade right. an elite. What you're, you're not that. doing?
2: So you have to trade an elite to get so, an elite. You're not running backs and middle linemen are not getting it done. So you're a, you're a football team that is going to win. Doing what you've done before, mm-hmm. and that is two tight end sets. That is running the football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That is playing excellent defense, with the Browns did certainly over the second half of the year. And it's taking care of the football. That's the one thing that would be different. Is Jaco- Jacoby Brissett going to make some of the throws Baker's made in the past? Probably not. Is he going to also – Both that's positive and negative, I would yeah. say. He won't make some of the positive throws, but he also won't make some of the negative throws that Baker made. I thought his arm – the ball popped out of his hand much more so than I was expecting in the game. Um, So look, there is confidence there. He is the starter. There is no conversation about Josh Dobbs being anything other than the backup. So I know that people were trying to take preseason and, you know, really extrapolate no that people, into, real humans oh, are doing that of course it, of note. On, yes. Of, well, I don't know about how notes, but note, but many, right, many, 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 oh, real no humans. Mind. I mean, look, we also had people giving Cade York a hard time for missing a 58 yard field goal because he made a 70 yarder in warmups. People but, are the worst, by the way, he boots a 57 yarder mm-hmm. right down the pipe that was good from 70 most likely. And I watched him make a 70 yard field goal. So I know he can do that. Oh my goodness. Un- Unprecedented! Oh, you know it's oh the season. My oh, my God. What?
1: Tied. T- the tie is ready. A little Jeez pop. Jeez,
2: Louise. Oh Something God. of great consequences Something. transpired. Something. That's rare. A tie? A tie? On a Monday? Mm. Very rare. We're on to the regular season. It's that's on, all I, I can say. On to the regular <laughs> season. We're on to the regular it. season. All right, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Jeez. But Senior swag. Here's the thing about, about Cade. His second field goal is actually a 47-yarder. Yeah, it looked like it, it was a chip shot. Yeah, he made that look like an extra point. This is a completely different animal than We've we have had, had anybody ever. Like This. Yeah. I watched him in the pregame warm. I'm sure you've seen the video. You're not hard of seeing. No, I'm not. They placed the ball at the opposite 40. Yep. Opposite 40. That's right. That way. 70 yards into the dog pound and nailed it. Yeah. So he kicks that. And then Cairo Santos, the kicker of the Bears, who's got a good leg, goes to kick a 56-yarder same way into the dog pound right after Cade's hit from 70. Yep. Like, we're voting on the logo. There's going to be a logo there. He is on the other side of the logo. That's right. Doinks it into the crossbar from 56. Like, just the – It's
1: crazy. It's, well, I think they're playing with him too. Like we're attempting all these crazy field goals. You would not do this in
2: regular season. I Just you want
1: maybe you would now. He's an
2: incredible well, weapon. At the end of the half, you know. when there's no consequence for a miss, you can try probably up to seventy yards. Yeah, I mean that means you don't even need to be at midfield. Then you can at least mm. think about it. Yeah. In the game situation, look fifty-eight. You give them the ball at the forty-eight. There, that's the that's the dual edge sword. The guy still hasn't missed from inside of fifty-five yards. So let's just all calm down. And, by the way, he's already connected from, I think, 55 and 57. 57. <laughs> Went to last. Time.
1: <laughs> Who was that kid from Oklahoma we had? Austin Port, Cyber. Austin cyber God. We're a long ways from that. Yeah, he's. I think he's on the Leones. Is he on the Leones? Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's I've be. seen him in the background. But remember, some of like, those, uh, even from like 44, it would be like.
2: <sighs> Cody Parkey was a struggle to get the ball there. Chase yeah. McLaughlin had a good leg on. But yeah. it, this is it's this a is whole different, different yeah. animal. It's a different animal. But, anyway, big big picture is we're going to and that's that's something we haven't had as a weapon in the kicking game which when you're a team like we are I don't think we're track meeting to 30 every week Mm-mm. now with Deshaun Watson of course we are we're gonna check meet to 30 on the reg yep but that's not who we are we're gonna be who we've been which means it's similar game script we've got to be close we're great with the lead. We should be a great with the lead football team. Yep. And that's going to be the bottom line. That's how you're going to win. And these first four games are all very, very winnable and you've got to go out there and execute lim- knock down the penalties. I know Kevin Stefanski is good. Stressing that ad nauseum here yep. over the next two weeks, too many penalties in the preseason. But again, we didn't have five pro bowlers playing on offense. We didn't have uh three pro bowlers playing on defense. And, our three best defensive players. And maybe Greg's in there in conversation for being our fourth best defensive player. Mm-hmm. They'd have miles they'd have Clowney. So it's hard to judge these preseasons. Of course, you would have wanted to come out of those games with maybe a little more like, all right, let's go. But the, you know what? It also doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. We went four no. and the year. Right. Then we went zero and 16. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything.
1: I, were you at all surprised as we just, we spend so much time offensively, um, it, boy, first of all, like Matt Eberflus putting Justin Fields in a position to succeed, right? Like, let's move him. Let's let's actually Very put the kid went. in a position to succeed, and they did. 14 to 16, 156, three touchdowns in the first half. Any alarm bells for you on that, or just too many of our guys out? It was pretty easy.
2: Here's the truth. Yeah, he had all day to throw. You did all day to throw. We had two busts in coverage. The, mm-hmm. On the corner route, our our corner did not stay, maintain his depth in the cover three, so that seven should have just come right to him. He should have been right there. We had a clearly a bust on the touchdown to Cole Komet, Yeah, where there was nobody even in no. the screen. I was standing up there in the booth, and I'm just like, <laughs> well, you could just see it. You're like, okay, this is as yep. easy as it gets. And then the other one, Dante Pettis put a heck of a double move on Greedy, who's got to be a little more disciplined. And he's going to see, as a result of that, He'll he's going to see double moves. So he's going to have to be very much, very, you know, as I would say, he's going to have to be be ready for those things coming. I'm not concerned about it. We generate when we have Clowney and Miles Garrett on the field. Last year was 35% pressure rate. That was number one in the NFL of any tandem in the league, period. Yep. They make dif- they, That's a big difference, pressure, yep. burst pipes. Um, I, w- I will say – it was not as encouraging you know isaac rochelle i think had a chance to play himself on the roster now his body of work may have been good enough if we keep you know five defensive ends that he did but that's not a great offensive line yeah and we were not able to really consistently get around him. Alex right got around him a couple of times and i thought looked good um again we didn't know no denzel no greg you know grant goes out early yeah it should have been better and i guarantee the defensive coaches were like okay it should have been better but No, I'm not concerned about it. That wasn't – you're going to have to flip the switch. Our best players are going to have to come in without having played and flip the switch, but that's what they do. They are the best players. I think they're fine. And we had five of those guys – five people who didn't play were in the top 100. Yeah. In the league. That's right.
1: That's why – I mean, yeah, I just think that goes back to the statement off the top, just preseason football is tough. Um, Speaking of sad day, Nana was so chesty. Great effort so confident. by Nana. She put an incredible effort on the on the Congo hat. Um, it is better, but it's, it's better. still not wearable. It's better. It's wearable around the house for sure. to yeah. practices, it's not a game day cap anymore. No, it's currently no. constructed. No, uh, it is stunning to me that a the dye from a from an otherwise
2: it became one with the fibers that it
1: it entered the fibers and now the Congo hat. It's
2: no more as a game. So So good job out of Nana I I was really hoping to be able to find my Congo hat. Yeah. But I think it is like yours. Mine is not stained that way, but it is it was beyond. It's after a trip around Croatia and everything. It kind of was I think it's it's past its prime for mine. Yeah. And it was a very cursory look, but we we thought it'd be fun if we were able to pull like a a switcheroo (laughs) and it would have been like the perfect Congo hat. Look at that. Can you believe that? It's like it was never there. Yeah.
1: Man is a magician.
2: Yeah. But I love the effort though. Oh, she gave it a incredible lot. Incredible effort. I can tell. Bleach. Yeah. Uh, Ajax. She was getting on there. Trying to get trying yeah. to get in there. Uh we even tried some uh old, like whitening. I tried some whitening strips and yeah. whitening toothpaste and really just like brushed it in there. I even did a little You're extra doing today. The work? I tried a little today. my
1: god, incredible effort out of you guys. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a part of the hat now. Yeah, it's part
2: of it. It's a sad day. Sad day. And she sad was day. funny, my mom would stand, Nana would stand like 20 feet away from me and hold up and be like, see, you can't see it. I'm like, no, I can't see it from there, but <laughs> come closer. As I, I gave her the great line. Good from far, but far, far from, from good. Good. Yeah. good effort, though, Nana. Great. Good yeah. job, yeah. Good job Nana. Yeah. All
1: right. Very good. Um, also good. Anytime you have dragons, that's a win. Shows. Throw me some dragons.
2: The the sh- Find the dragons part, but the dialogue, the gist. The going, visiting all places that were places of consequence in the Game of Thrones in a different era and a different use for them. It was an electric show. Yeah,
1: it's a bonanza. The show is going to be a bonanza.
2: Without flaw last night, I would say.
1: Yeah, the only thing I think that is that is going to take a little getting used to is there. I mean, it's pretty much all on a set. It's all in rooms. You know what I mean? Up until that last 15 minutes when it's okay. Um, Now we're going to spend our money through the smoke um, or the cloud. Now we're going to spend our money. That was pretty cool. That was very, very cool. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be huge.
2: The King's probably my least favorite guy. And I feel like we're going to be done with him shortly.
1: Yeah. It's, they really wrote him pretty feckless. There's not a whole lot there.
2: Yeah. Not a whole lot there. Although he did pull a stunning in the name of love, a stunning move at the end there against the advice of everybody. Was
1: that meant to surprise anybody or cause I, very clearly, that was that's what was happening. Just for Raniero, that was it, right? It was a surprise, Raniero. Not...
2: It was a surprise. The guy, the dad, who was yeah. pushing it, and remember, both of his advisors and the macer both said that he should do that. The only person who was against it, who obviously, like, I don't trust his hand at all. I think mean, his hand is very oh, much no, about it's... his own business and is a bit Literally. of a. And by the wimp way, wimp when he was out there on the the path with Damon. There, he, he really showed that he was not formidable. To in be any fair, way. the other guy has a pretty wild-looking red dragon. Fine.
1: Like, that's the most you terrifying. You were the hand dragon. of the king. Right. But the other guy is a little unhinged, and he has a ridiculous-looking red dragon that's more terrifying than any other dragon I've seen. Did you notice he's got a different body type?
2: Oh, he's long. He's long. He's, he's got, long. like, a lion's yeah, he's lean. body. Yeah, but I thought was Rain- one that came in at the end looked like it would have squashed that guy. I don't know. You saw him perched on the side. They looked like they were of
1: similar... I, I felt know, like Reina's
2: was like a Hulk Hogan type of a dragon just like yeah. a lot something of, about red in a dragon. The red looked no it yeah it's, it reminds it's you of a from uh, Lord of the Rings uh, a little a little homage there. Yeah. I thought great show. Yep. Crab dude mean spirited look yeah. And he's got that face he's he looks
1: not the most economic uh, to getting of getting rid of your uh your adversaries. Feels like that's going to be a long long go of it. A Lot to that. Feel like if you get rid you... of them a lot
2: quicker for sure. But if yeah. you know that crossing this man, the consequences may be one of the worst, longest, most painful deaths imaginable. Sure. It makes you – But
1: if he's, he's just going to, like, like off with my head. Like, he's okay he's taking out a lot of ships, like, he's, it feels like it's a real time-consuming process of elimination. <sighs> it's going to take a while. For sure. Driftwood it's a brutal
2: wood. It's a brutal process then, of elimination. Yeah. There's, like, 100 crabs on that one, dude. <laughs> no, it's
1: not great. And he was
2: – you sounded like the, not to be having a good time. Agony, really. It was not Despair. great.
1: Despair. It was not great. Not at all. So. I'm in, though. Now we've no, got too.
2: I'm in. Corliss goes off. If, if you haven't watched it, sorry. Well, just don't I just listen. Think that but you're set up you, you, now. You're set up. The table's set. Oh, man. You, know, how, you know where this know is. Mega conflict. Going. Yeah, we're, we're headed for it. Because you're, we you're, were wondering, okay, how, do you, how does this fall how do apart? all of
1: the people involved in this that are the most powerful people in this world all basically extinct 200 years later? Pretty close to extinct. There's not much left of them. Two hundred years later. Cause man, yeah, have,
2: I think you're gonna have dragon on dragon violence, yeah. and that's gonna cause, as you know, a great bit of destruction.
1: I think if you make the if you make the niece fourteen instead of twelve, it's a little easier to wrap your head around. Well, that scene was just that like, was crazy. I that think was it was crazy. supposed to be that way. So you're like, there's no way he can do this. Correct. But it was so obvious that there was no way. Like the fact that others were being trying to be reasonable about, oh, yeah, you got to do this. Unite the two Valerian houses. Well, how about I just stay in mourning for another five years, and then we can have the conversation. Then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Right now, it doesn't seem like that's the daughter. And by
2: the way, the daughters, I love her. I'm sad that she's going to be replaced. I think this girl's got great presence.
1: Yeah. And she's gone pretty quickly, I think, if all things are, if you believe everything that you see. All right. Uh, you'll hear from Coach. Uh, Cutdowns. We, we're already down to 73. we got to get down to, what, another 50? we got to get down to 53. That's right. By tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So you hear from Coach Stefanski. some of the highlights from his podium yesterday. And then Z goes one-on-one with AB coming up a little bit later. We're off and running. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. And here is Coach DeFansky at the podium from yesterday.
3: Kind of really sharpening on some things. Uh, make sure that we're fresh going into the weekend, and then start our preparation uh, in earnest on Carolina coming out of Labor Day. And uh, on the injury update front, um, like I told you guys uh, last night, um, Teller Delpit held out precautionary. If in a normal game, they would have gone back in. Uh, Odom, unlike uh, unfortunately ACL tear, he will miss the season. And then uh, a bunch of guys that hopefully we're getting back here into practice in the next few days uh, and they're all progressing uh, well. But with that, I'll take any questions.
4: Uh, yeah. Kevin,
3: can you uh, just address, uh, you know, you've had a little bit of a lack of continuity because of all the injuries on your offense, you know, Michael Woods, David Bell. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, what can you do between now and and the opener uh, to make sure that those guys are working as a cohesive unit? And do you feel like you're kind of playing catch up at all? Not, not really, Mary Kay. I think uh, yeah. you're right in that you have to make every one of these practices count uh, as we get forward, as we move forward, and, and guys return from injury and those type of things. Uh, but kind of like we talked about with evaluations, uh, all of this is a body of work. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's all the work that you've done in the spring, uh, that you've started in training camp, in these preseason games. I think they all add up to get you ready to play Week One. But um, injuries are a part of this game. Uh, I, I, would we'll venture to guess all the 31 other teams are dealing with similar things, where guys are in and out of their lineup. You just gotta you gotta navigate it. Hey Kevin, I got a couple injury things for you. Um, AJ Green and Ronnie Harrison Jr. Are there anything significant there where they could miss time? No, uh, expect those guys to be ready for week one. Okay. And then from a roster evaluation standpoint, when guys like Michael Woods II and Chase Winovich miss a bunch of time in camp, how hard is that to kind of figure out if they should be on your roster when you get to week one? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's part of it, Scott. That, that's something that really those type of things seem to happen year in and year out where you, you lose a guy and, and you got to really go off what you saw prior to losing him uh, and then go off of your evaluation on when you acquired said player. Uh, so that's what we'll continue to do with, with all these positions. Hey, Kevin, I have an injury question, too. Uh, Jack Conklin, you've been easing him back into practice, is he ready for uh, a full load uh, every game here? Yeah, I think what we've done, Jeff, with Jack, is make sure that we're uh, progressing at an appropriate pace. I think we've done that. Uh, you know, we'll work through the next four days of practice to see where he is and continue to give him more. He's done a very, very good job with everything uh, that we've given him. He kind of has hit all those mileposts, but uh, past. What we're going to do tomorrow uh, doesn't really serve me to to think about what he's going to do, you know, in a week from now, six weeks from now. Really focused on on the next four days.
5: With Anthony, uh, you know, obviously he's he's having some struggles. From a coaching and teaching standpoint, you know, you give him positive reinforcement. You give him as many reps as you can. Is it is it as simple as that? Is it just more, more, more? Well, I think with each
3: guy, Tom, I think you you really work with each player on a case-by-case basis. Uh, Anthony had a tough stretch. I think everybody understands that. But, uh, you know, we support our players. We support our players when they're going through a a tough stretch, whether it's – and it can be anything. Um, And it's easy to do with a guy like Anthony who's very, very accountable. He works very, very hard. So that's what I'll continue to do. That's what we'll continue to do. Hey, Kevin, with a guy like Anthony Bell, how cool is it when an undrafted rookie – you know, flashes, makes an impact, and then really pushes for a roster spot. Yeah, that's uh, it's great, Scott. I don't believe we've uh, had an undrafted player make our roster the last couple of years, which means it's it's a very competitive roster. And in this case, it's going to be no different this season. So uh, DeAnthony's done a nice job. He's flashed getting the ball out there. Uh, last night he did that back at Jacksonville. But it's a, it's a competitive uh, battle to make these one of these 53 spots. Hey, Kevin, just a David Bell question now. I mean, watching him, it just seems like he's he's always in the right spot on these routes, that he's a very quarterback-friendly kind of receiver. I mean, I know so much of the talk about him before the draft was a supposed lack of speed, but he just really seems to have that football speed that translates. I guess, what have you guys seen from him in that regard over these last few months? Yeah, Ashley, I think uh, David's done a nice job with us back to the spring, and then Throughout this training camp, was was out for a bit there with with the foot injury, but uh, he, he's done his job. Gets open, catches the football. Kind of simple, um, but he's been uh, a, a very uh, accountable player for us. Uh, he works very hard in the meeting room, knows what to do, uh, and then it's just a matter of reps. And, and if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he missed the first preseason game got him some reps in that Philly game, got him some more reps last night. So it's, that's all part of the process for a young player.
1: All right. There you have it, coach, a little bit of a post game. And then these are tense moments around here, obviously. And we'll we'll hear from you with Andrew in a second, just from a process standpoint, Z going into the weekend, how much of the feel for what this roster was going to be? Give me a percentage of what, how confident it was, how much was locked in going into the weekend. We did it last week and it was a, felt like a high percentage. Yeah, there
2: were like, I think we had 45 just humans yeah. that were locks. And then in addition to that, you probably had another four roster spots Yeah, that were locked. So agree. I think there were three or four, and that's going to depend on, do you go with three tight ends? Do you go with five defensive ends? Do you go with six linebackers? Do you go with six corners? Do you go with five safeties? How do those rooms shake out? How, do you have eight offensive linemen, nine yeah. offensive linemen, ten offensive linemen? Two quarterbacks, four running backs, five receivers, six receivers. So there's a little bit of, in terms of the roster puzzle, and you'll hear Andrew Berry talk about that in a little bit, that that is going to be, you know, that's the hardest part. So you can, you can say right now, I think definitively, 45 names that are on this roster out of yeah. 53. And then the others, you can absolutely know who are in competition for those spots. And then it'll just be about how the roster is put together. You probably can actually, I'd say, you probably do 49 names that are 100% on this roster because Tony Fields, the way that he's been talked about, he's going to make this team. Rich LeCount, I feel like, is going to make this team. So that's two more right there. Felton is going to make the team at that fifth receiver spot. So that's three. So it's really, like I said, three or four spots that are left. That's it. That's it. And it could be, if it's linebackers, you know, it could be Kunashik or Dakota Allen. Defensive ends, it could be. You know, Rochelle, I think Chase Winovich is going to make it. it. could be Rochelle or Isaiah Thomas. Offensive line, it could be Yelda Froholt. It could be Blake Hance. It could be um, Drew Forbes who got the start with mm-hmm. Joel Batonio out. Wide receiver, Michael Woods, could make the team, even though we haven't seen him because they liked what they saw yeah. from him earlier. So that's, you know, DeAnthony, I think, does make the team. Corner, I- I'll tell you what, I think Sean Jolly has made a very strong case for himself to make the team. He's a true nickel. He had the sack strip fumble. He had the tackle that allowed D'Anthony to come over and get his second force fumble, which Kunashik yeah, recovered. Those three yeah. guys I think are the three that have come out of left field that have a chance to make the team. I think he's pushing Herb Miller because of that inside, his ability to play inside, whereas the Browns already have, you know, four really five really good outside corners. So does that differentiate him? I don't know what how pre feels about him on special teams. That'll matter. Um, but that's kind of, yeah, that's it. That's kind of where you're at. And they are tough decisions because it's a puzzle. And again, it is still fluid making the initial 53. Does not mean you're playing against Carolina Panthers? There will be cut downs that come from league. There could be trades that are made, you know, and then there are guys who will be brought back that the Browns will, would like to keep in the program and and bring back to the practice squad. And so that's another factor with with how this will all go.
1: Yeah. Just because it's what it looks like Tuesday at four o'clock, not necessarily the following week at Carolina for that for that regular season debut. Uh, the man who's inevitably in charge of making these decisions, Andrew Barry. Z goes one-on-one with him. Coming up next, you'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: And the Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams. You can transform your current bathroom from a custom bath for a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. Expert factory trained installers. Give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Call 216-220-8399 or go to the thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality with the largest selection of bath projects, all made in America. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. They'll do it for you again in, in about a day. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com, 216-220-8399, 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. And now here's Z, one-on-one with AB.
2: Roster cutdowns are coming, mm-hmm. 53 on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy, is it?
5: No, it's uh, it's always my least favorite time of year. Uh, not actually just because it's, they're hard decisions strategically, but... Um, because you've been with these guys for, for, for several months and um, they've really worked hard and busted their tails and done everything they can to, to make the team. And it's always tough when you're making those decisions, but probably even more importantly, when you're those, communicating those decisions um, to individuals who may fall you know, a little bit short um, because they've done everything that you've asked and we bring a lot of good guys into the building. So it's always, it's always a little bit emotionally uh, draining during that weekend. All right. Walk us through the process. Mm-hmm.
2: I imagine it, it, there's a personnel department headed by you. You've got a lot of your guys have your opinions. There's the coaching staff who works with these guys on daily basis. They have their opinions. How do you guys kind of get together and, and come up with the final collaborative solution?
5: Yeah, so it, it really is something that we work through over the course of, you know, five or six weeks. It's not necessarily something where we, we you know, operate in a vacuum and, um, you know, just kind of make a decision at the end. Um, You know, really, we try and take every player's total body of work into consideration. So not just, you know, the last preseason game or the preseason games only. We have, you know, a ton of practices throughout the months, joint practices with the Eagles. And we really try and look at every player's work holistically. Um, You know, throughout the last five or six weeks, we've had several uh, both player development and roster meetings as we go. Um, Where those lists of, you know, target individuals kind of get narrower and narrower as we get more familiar with the guys that we have on the 90-man, or I guess at this point, the 80-man. And so, you know, really, um, actually, uh, just as soon as uh, today, we'll uh, we'll have kind of like our final roster meeting going into, you know, the last preseason game. Um, And really, at this point, it's really only, you know, maybe one or two decisions that, um, you're really keeping a close eye on. So it's a it's a longer process than just the 53 man cut date.
2: Would you say the majority of the time you and the coaches see their rooms the same way? Is it different often? How does that how does that look?
5: No, yeah, I think it's probably uh, it probably depends on when you ask the question. So um, there's certainly more variation earlier in the sure. month um and then as you get later you as you get just kind of more information on each player um there's a lot there's typically a lot more consistency but that being said there's you know usually the um you know differences in perspective are um you know at the at really kind of the margins uh, of the roster and then really uh, like we think of playing the roster together as almost like a puzzle piece so you know every guy we bring in may have um you know has some type of redeeming quality or has something that sure. they should do well so when you're building in the back ends of these different position groups, it's not oftentimes of like, okay, hey, is this player g- good enough or not good enough to be on the 53? But it may be like, okay, what does this player do well? And maybe a narrower sense than your starters or, you know, your, your higher end players. And then the question becomes, based on what they do well, how do they complement the rest of the group? Or how do they complement the the broader roster or the kicking game? So it's really picking a skill set out to, round out your team as opposed to deciding hey is this player good enough and this is this player sure
2: not? is there a coach that you think hey you have a future in scouting if you want it
5: i think i think we have um very strong evaluators uh really across the roster um you know i'll probably i'll, I'll identify uh two individuals but okay. it's not i don't i don't mean it to be uh, exclusive but um you know i think bill callahan he's an excellent evaluator Um, And then uh, the other person I'd identify as Drew Petsing. I think he's an excellent evaluator as well.
2: All right. There you go. Nice endorsements for those two. Um, Okay. You're talking about the construction, and we know there's 53, but then there's also this practice squad. And so somebody that you may say goodbye to, you also may keep in the program. How do you kind of evaluate Will they be able to get through to get back to us? How much does that matter, and who maybe makes a 53 versus who gets cut that maybe the rest of the league doesn't know about them as much as we know about them?
5: I would say there's probably less strategy around that than people think. Okay. And that's not to say that it doesn't come into consideration. Um, you know, maybe a player that we have visibility into every day, every week, um, that may not have played a lot of snaps um, You know, in the preseason, maybe a player that we like, and then you know, we feel like we can start you know, start them on the practice squad, Um, you know, but typically like those are only maybe, you know, one or two decisions. Um, uh, We really try and put the guys on the team that we think deserve to be there with the, you know, with the total body of work. Um, You know, there's not as much, you know, gamesmanship for us in that regard.
2: All right. You mentioned it's part of the construction and you could look at it and say, okay, we have 53, we have an offense, we have a defense, we have three specialists. So 25, 25, three, that's not always how it works out, obviously. How do you deal with? And I'm not saying this is the case for us, but maybe it is. If defense has more guys that should be on the 53 than offense, how do you weigh that? And where do you try to get that balance from one side of the ball or the other?
5: I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the notion that it should be balanced. Like I think you can have well balanced teams. I think you can have well lopsided teams. So um, you know, our perspective and our philosophy is let's try and keep the best 53. You know, with maybe some you know some some loose constraints, right? We're probably not going to have, you know, zero offense alignment on a 53 and 10 kickers. But, sure. Um, you know, but within like what are, you know, the traditional norms, we don't really operate under under those constraints. And a big reason is because every year, every team sets their 53, but it's really fluid throughout the year. And it's probably very transactional throughout probably the first, you know, month to six weeks of the season. Um, so I think to be handcuffed by, positional constraints certainly like in the first initial cut um when you also don't know what pool of players is necessarily going to be available to you in the coming days i just never subscribed to that notion that made a ton of sense
2: how do you look at let's take the tight end room for example you got david you got harrison and then you've got some guys you know miller forestall nikia griffin stewart's played very well Zaire mitchell Payton's an interesting kind of young prospect and then you have johnny stan who can do a bunch of things how do you balance the okay we know there's two for sure on the 53 right Sometimes we like to go three tight ends. Sometimes we do four versus the 53 versus, okay, maybe we can get a couple of these guys on our practice squad. So we still have four tight ends in the program, but we only have two that count on the 53 or something like that.
5: Yeah. So that, that definitely does come into consideration, Nate. Um, But really it kind of goes to the puzzle piece nature of. Is that fun for you? That puzzle piece? Yeah, I think it is like it is. I mean, it's always, um, you know, it's challenging, um, uh, but that's where, the collaboration between your scouting staff and your coaching staff. And look, every year is unique in terms of how you play the team, you know, based on, um, you know, the strengths of the players that you have. Um, and we'll just construct the roster accordingly.
2: All right. Sickening on that offensive side. And it just, I'll kind of go through the roster real quickly. It feels like almost too much talent at running back in a good way. Offensive line, same. Defensive line, same. I think there's six, seven edge guys you could legitimately make the case. keep. Linebacker, same. Corner, same. Safety, same. Receiver, though. How are you with that room? What do you think about that room? What do you think about the possibility of adding to that room or the likelihood of adding to
5: that room? Yeah, feel feel good about that room. Um, you know, obviously it starts with you know with Amari. It's been great. Um, we've liked Donovan's progression, and then we have uh, a number of younger players that um, are going to have the chance to assume you know larger roles this season. I think receivers. You know, when we talk about you know it's probably like the fourth or fifth time I've mentioned puzzle piece. Like I think to some degree that's like the ultimate. You know, puzzle piece position, um, because you know you can have a room constructed with individuals that have specific strengths, mm-hmm. um, you know that allow them to perform certain roles within the passing offense over the course of the year. You know, but at the same time, we do have a number of young players that need to step up. You know, to your question about adding to the room, um, you know, we'll take the same approach there that we do in you know any any other room on the roster where where if we have the opportunity to. Um, you know, increase the base level of talent, you know, at the appropriate cost, you know, we'll do it.
2: How many calls are made during this time in terms of, Hey, you're pretty deep at this position. We're pretty deep at this position. Can we help each other out? Hey, are you going to cut this guy? Cause if so, send him to us, things like that.
5: This is the most active, uh, time of the year in terms of, you know, volume of training calls. I can't say that it's the most active time in terms of execution <laughs> of trade deals. Um, but it's it's uh, this is a, a very very busy week on that front.
2: I go back to Wyatt Teller being acquired. I think while I was doing pregame for the final preseason game a few years ago, and now he's a two-time All-Pro and a Pro Bowler and all of that. That's more the exception than the rule, isn't it? At yeah, this time no, of the that's year.
5: that's 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 correct. Usually, that's usually you're um, you know making trades for um, players that are a little bit more at the margin of your rosters. But that's not to say that there isn't um, a big trade or two that that happens every year.
1: All right, good stuff with Z from the pregame show with AB. Great reiteration. That's what I do. Reiterate B-B. things. Yeah. So here you get just, you get this thing down to fifty three. You'll do that tomorrow, and then uh, and then away you go. Um, and th- this stuff will start to leak out. My guess is over the you know you're going to get little little bits and pieces here and there. that's right. So yeah. uh, You have that to look forward to. Um, it's a it's a tough time. Jo- Joe's talked about it with us. And he's going to join us here at the top of the hour as well about even mentions it towards the I remember this was a couple of weeks ago when he was, this was where you mentioned at the uh, at the end of his career, he wouldn't really get too emotionally invested in the whole he wouldn't get close to people just like you wouldn't you yeah. can't name the cows can't do it. Yeah, well, no, I warned him about that. Yeah, it didn't go well. No, he's had a, I'll tell you what. No one's lived a better August than him. Said a, a great August. He's had a great August tree blinds. He's building. He's doing fishing with the kids. He's living his best life. The Hoff will join us coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Rumkey Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumkey.com to learn more. Uh, had not, uh, 9 a.m. flag football with Bootsy as we wait on uh, Joe. Bootsy's struggling with his aggressiveness. The Hoff, the Hoff will join momentarily. Too Boots- aggressive? No, not. Not aggressive enough. Like a little bit kind of tentative. So, first series of the game, they he's playing corner. No one outside your face mask. you got to turn him in, brother. You can't. Can't let anybody get to the side. No. you got to the edge. Bro. Went, went right around him all the way down to like the five or something like that. He looked at me. I go, I said, that's on you. That's on you. It's like his bottom lip started to quiver. Jeez. <laughs> <He> was, <gasps> like this, you know, a little bit. And um, he goes, but to his credit, the next play, he got a TFL. He went in and pulled the flag. And I, I like gave him a shovel. Like, let's go. That he was excited a little bit. Let's go. Starting to get him a little bit of juice. Yeah, you got to be kidding. Come on. It's so on you, brother. You don't want to break Bootsy down. I got to get these kids, This these six, seven-year-olds, like they're – they're, they. I don't feel like they're enjoying it enough. Like when they score a touchdown, like go celebrate with your buddies. Right. Like go have fun. Like that's the whole point of all this. I tell them that. Like how do you get them to do that without taunting? I don't want taunters, but I do want them to have fun playing the game. So we got to get a little juice. I'm like, don't you guys watch football? Do you watch
2: – these shows no no not really I have a little fun I do like that that bootsy's in like an old school like leather helmet
1: oh that's those say we have them wear those black ones with padded ones like
2: that's great isn't that a good look on him Rocking I mean in the seven and then Beamsy I mean that's a, what a sharp uni oh that's NBC oh that's NBC that's NBC yeah oh NBC yeah. that is a sharp uni
1: yeah that's good they they got they got good he's got he had a lot of swag on he had like the Odell socks does he have like emojis on
2: his like shoes?
1: Yeah. His yeah. His Adidas. Yeah, they got he's oh got my some goodness. emojis NBC. on goodness, NBC. Yeah, he's got a lot of swag. He's rock doing the best he can with forty six. Bit of a, right, a cruel right.
2: blow on the number. Yeah. And then who's got the what color is uh is Beamsy? Beamsy's oh Beamsy hit a bomb
1: this weekend, dude, in his game. He hit a he threw a bomb. He's in uh he's in white over white. A nice white. Let's see. Is this it? I mean, we could go to Joe, but then you'd miss. Yeah, there's a little. Oh, baby! Yeah, hit a bomb. Hit a bomb. That's Love visual. it! Yeah, very excited. The youth football, very exciting. Hoff isn't there yet. Let's head out. Let's talk to the Hoff. Hoff, you're not. Or you're not. None of yours are old enough for football yet, right?
4: So my son Jack has just started flag football, uh, but it, oh it hasn't God. even been organized, like scoring and things like that. It's just drills and, and they kind of scrimmage. But um, I want to say next year when he turns seven, so first grade, they can start playing organized flag football.
1: Okay, so do you have, like, are you – is he is Jack going to play in, in games? Like, will he have games, form, for formal games this fall?
4: I, I hope so, next year. I, I think that's – Next year for sure. But, right now. Yeah, okay. Next, but not right. this year, no. Oh. All right.
1: Well, when you coach that, because you will, because you're going to – I know how it's going to go. I've got a wristband oh, – yeah playbook set up for you that uh Uh, it's the easiest way to teach the game gloria you you give every kid a different color wristband and you just say just follow your color oh and they learn through osmosis versus saying 28 lead or whatever and you don't even worry about any of that you just you'd say follow the color and then like little dogs they do amazing little osmosis yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing yeah Yeah, look forward to that you've had a good august buddy fun on the pregame you've got you're doing your fishing last time we talked to you actually z was texting you you were on a zoom in like a pre-production you're building tree blinds so you i feel like you have got <laughs> yeah. a lot done
4: here this month sir it's been a very productive and fun august uh three trips to cleveland plenty of trips to the tree stand lots of dates in the boat fishing and tubing with the kids and right outside of the state capitol so Uh, We definitely got a lot of stuff in before they started school here last Wednesday. And the good news is we're coming back out to Cleveland for the home opener. And then I'll be out for the Thursday game. And uh, so we got a lot, a lot of more fun things here before September ends.
2: Pure joy, baby. It's it's, pure joy. joy. Yes. Yes. Let's go. And, of course, the half-dropped a great pure joy in preseason game number Love two. Love it. Uh, real quickly, and then we'll move on, obviously, because we're not dwelling on the preseason. But you were there calling the action. What what, what your thoughts on uh, what you saw in that third and final preseason game against the Bears?
4: Yeah, it's always tough to really kind of extrapolate too much because you're all of your best players are still being held out in that situation. But it was an up-and-down game. I thought Jacoby Brissett, even though his stats didn't reflect it, I thought he was pretty solid in that game. He did a nice job delivering the football where it needed to be. He wanted to improve the rapport with his tight ends and running backs, and he hit the tight ends a bunch of times when he was in there. Um, they weren't able to move the football. A lot of it was drops and inefficiency at the receiver position, getting to get into the right spot, um, which is concerning. There's no doubt. And in the secondary, I think he lost Grant early on in that game. And it seemed like, the communication wasn't there because there was a lot of us in the secondary and Dustin took advantage of it. So overall up and down, uh, there's a few things you're going to take from it. But going into the first game, it kind of leaves you with a, eh, I'm not exactly sure where they are right now. And so a little bit unsettled, but um, you definitely still have a couple of weeks to kind of tighten things up and hopefully get everybody healthy that got nicked up in the game on Sunday or on Saturday and hopefully – you can get that win
1: down in Carolina. Joe, how do you make sense of – of? I mean, you went, you saw three different games. You saw different approaches from different opponents. Um, if you're Stefanski, if, if you ran a team, if you're Andrew Barry and you ran a team, how would you run preseason? Because it's it's so different. Like, as you mentioned, you know, we played some starters, but not all. Uh, not our best players, not the ones who if they got hurt, you'd be in a whole lot of trouble. Yet we play Bursette. And he played in the game. So you're trying to get him a look. How do you balance all of that? Because, I mean, I love this off the top of the show. I think preseason football is a really tough – it's a tough watch. I know coaches are getting a lot out of it. It's a tough watch from a a spectator standpoint.
4: Yeah, it's a really tough balancing act because there's nothing worse than your star players potentially getting injured in a meaningless game. And so there's, like, the human element of just thinking about that. And if it would happen – how much more serious it would be just from your own mental standpoint of, ah, why did I put them out there? Right? Like you're going to be beating yourself up about it and the fans will be beating you up. So I think that certainly plays into it, but obviously there's something that can be done as far as getting things accomplished in those preseason games. So for me personally, when I was healthier as a younger player, I liked getting some of those reps because I felt like when you're playing in front of fans in a, the stadium and you're playing with the normal rhythm of timeouts and the normal flow of the game, I think there's a drone that you get and like a fatigue that happens that it's nice to get some of that out of your system during the preseason. Um, it is also nice to feel like you're kind of getting your feet under yourself a little bit with your teammates all out there, like the starting units. But I, I, I will say that they do get more of that in practice than we did because they are doing these joint practice. So they are getting a little bit of that in the joint practices. Um, and I, I will say too, with the additional games, and now they're playing 17 games, it does make every regular season game a little less important as far as just the strict wins and losses goes. Um, and so there, I'm sure part, something they probably don't say, but it definitely comes into consideration is, Hey, we're okay using that first game kind of not that you're going to ease into it, but like if it takes the entire first game to just kind of figure things out, um, we're okay figuring it out in the first game versus putting guys out there in preseason and potentially having significant injuries to our best players in, in those preseason settings, which they can do a little bit more helper-skelter, I think, your players can be a little bit more exposed to injury because you aren't game planning because you do have a mix of starters and backups and guys that maybe don't have as much body control and aren't used to being in the positions that they should be in and maybe are a little bit out of control because they're trying to make the roster and they're trying to, you know, get the coach's attention. And sometimes that leads to them taking chances and falling on back of people's legs and jumping on piles when they shouldn't. So I think all those things go and are taken into consideration. And I think that's why most teams now just don't see them playing many of their great players in the preseason.
2: Makes sense. And there is yes. no right answer, and a lot of teams are going to do it a lot of different ways. Let's talk for a second now just kind of about this football team. And we come out, and obviously you mentioned it earlier, the receivers. That's a big question. I have two questions for you, Hoff. Number one, are you okay with the wide receiver room as currently constructed? Is that a room that you would like to add to? And then number two, Number two, how quickly, in reality, can somebody who comes into the team, as you were on many teams that brought four, five, six guys in after the 53-man cuts, how quickly can they actually be productive?
4: Well, to your first point, I'm with Bo a little bit. Like I I was hoping that there was going to be a veteran added to that room at some point during training camp. Um If, if for nothing else, just to have somebody who's reliable, like, hey, you know, he's going to be in that spot. He knows how to get open. He may not be as fast as they used to. You can kind of utilize his strengths. You know, the and that offensive staff is really smart. Like, they, they can understand what you do well and call plays to your strengths and put you into those positions for success within the offense. Um, but I think they've been pretty steadfast the entire time about, hey, we feel good about this room. And we want to see who the guys are that kind of can step up and win the job and and garner a little bit more play time. Uh, and I think if they would have done something, it would have been at the beginning of training camp. I don't think they would have waited until now because you are getting a little bit later in the season to try to start adding guys, especially for that first week. But to your second point, Nathan, um, I think if you do get a veteran receiver in here, it's just a matter of him understanding the vocabulary and then, quickly figuring out, all right, hey, these are the routes they're going to ask me to run. You know, maybe these are my package of 15 plays that I'm going to be in there even one week after showing up. And as long as he's able to have that communication with the quarterback and have that trust about, hey, you know, if this is what you see on, let's say, a back shoulder ball, this is where I want it. Hey, if I'm running a dagger or a dig across the middle, like, this is how I like the football. Those are things that I think, especially when you bring in an experienced receiver, uh, you can get on the same page really quickly within just a week. I mean, I don't think you'd be able to run your entire offense and you probably wouldn't want them out there for every snap, but you can give them 15 or 20 routes, which would be a huge help, especially if you've got some of those young guys struggling.
1: Joe, I want to ask you about Anthony Schwartz. He's had two great weeks of practice, but when the lights are on in the games, we've, we've seen the drops, right? we saw what happened when, you know, you, you can't run into a linebacker on that route that leads to the interception. Um, have you? I'm. I don't. I guess. I'll, has anything like that ever happened to you where it feels like it's very clearly a mental thing? My hunch is probably not. But have you ever had a teammate that that just there was a mental block of something that they've done a million times, but for whatever reason, just couldn't get over it? We've seen it in other sports. Have you ever had any firsthand experience with that?
4: So as a lineman, the nice thing is that it's never been that extreme because typically by position you can just go a little harder and you sure. kind of overcome uh, whatever maybe mental li- limitations you have. Certainly, there's been times where I feel like maybe I didn't have enough quickness out of my set, and so I was trying to overcompensate by going harder, and maybe it made me a little bit out of balance and susceptible to some other things. But when you're talking about a catching the football or kicking the football or see snapping the football those are purely mental just like a golf swing just like a putt. like if you get that mental block inside of your head you can't try harder that's just not the answer like the only way you get beyond that is through the mind and you know there's a lot of different ways working with psychologists meditation things like that practice building confidence in a game setting but you have to get beyond that mental block or it's like you know it's like the yips like throwing the first base like yep. it's easy we know you can do it but if your brain is telling you you can't do it until you're able to prove to your brain and one of the different methods to do that you're not going to be able to do it and unfortunately that's what it seems like Schwartz is dealing with right now like you guys said he looks great in practice all of a sudden here comes game day and the routine things are not routine anymore
2: Unfortunately, they have not been routine and, and the Browns need him, or they need somebody to fill that role in this offense and, and we'll kind of keep an eye on if the Browns do ultimately end up making any moves at that receiver position. All right, Hoff, what's it like? So today the Browns had a walkthrough, no media availability. They're already down to 73. They've got to get down to 53. What's it kind of like in a walkthrough today? What is the atmosphere like? What are people thinking? Uh, because there are people who know they're on the team, and we were saying it earlier, I think there's probably 48 to 49, maybe even 50 guys who know for sure they're on the team, and it's going to come down to three spots across a variety of positions depending on how they want to fill out this roster. What's what's the mood?
4: Well, I think the mood is trepidation, right? You're kind of walking on eggshells a little bit. Even though guys that feel like they're probably safe that are maybe in that 40 to 45 range where us as fans uh, us as media members are going oh yeah he's a lock those guys are still nervous because you never have any idea who is going to be a surprise cut from another team and even though you've clearly won out in your position group and yep they're definitely going to keep let's say like tight ends oh we know we're going to keep three tight ends they've told you that or whatever that looks like but all of a sudden oh the Browns are looking at the waiver wires, and there's a tight end over here that we have rated significantly higher than somebody that we have on the roster. And even though he's done everything he can to win that job and he feels like he's, he's easily won that job, there's somebody else on another team that got cut that shouldn't have been cut, and all of a sudden now the Browns are saying, hey, we can improve our roster by bringing him in, and we didn't expect it. So I still think that there's a lot of trepidation, even among the guys who clearly won the spot within that room that they're in. Um, And I would guess that right now, because the roster is unsettled, the walkthrough is probably mostly review from the weekend's game where they're going over corrections, and maybe they're just barely starting to look towards the Panthers where they're maybe starting to walk through some of the basic concepts. They're maybe trying out a few plays that the the coaches had drawn up that they think they like versus different looks that the Panthers will get in. So they're just going to start putting it on tape so that those coaches can then take that film of the walkthrough and go back and start kind of evaluating and talking about, hey, how do we like this concept versus the Panthers offense or defense? How do we like it out of this personnel grouping? How did it look when our guys did it? So I think it's, it's kind of like a rough draft day. And honestly, they're just trying to get through those final cuts before they really buckle down and, and do some real football stuff. How much more advantageous
2: for the teams is it to have this coming two weeks before the start of the season as opposed to the past where it would come kind of over Labor Day weekend and guys who were just added to the team would have, you know, a couple days of practice to get ready. Now you'll have, you know, a couple – you'll have at least some work and get the playbook a full week
4: earlier. It's almost like having a bye week. You Mm -hmm. know, like we would play Wednesday or Thursday – And then you'd come in Friday, you do the review and cuts would happen kind of on the weekend and through Monday, Tuesday. Um, But for the most part, it felt like you were moving right into a normal week. And if anybody got dinged up, like it was kind of tough to get healthy in that short span. You had a lot less time to start practicing against your first opponent. Whereas now you got two full weeks, basically a bye week and then a normal game week. So, You got a lot of extra time which is really nice to be able to a get guys healthy but then also install that game plan in a reasonable amount of time and then you can tweak it right like in a typical week you're installing on wednesday and thursday and if something doesn't look right you don't have a whole lot of time to either scrap it or tweak it or or go back to the drawing board and kind of start over in those personnel groupings or uh some of those formations but now you got an extra full week. You can basically go through a full week of game planning and then start over from the beginning if you wanted to, if, if there was areas of need or position groups that you just didn't feel comfortable with that game plan.
1: Hoff, you going to Camp Randall Saturday?
4: I am. You, you, you know it, man. I, I know it's going to be yes. an easy victory, hopefully, Illinois State. But uh, <laughs> right. it'll be a good one because it's a night game and, and the kids are so excited. They're so fired up. I mean, They're they have so no dead. idea if it's Alabama or Illinois state. So to be able to put a W in the, in the win column for them would, will hopefully be a, a great time.
1: Give me a, a Hoff Saturday tailgate for a seven o'clock primetime camp. Randall kick. What's that look like?
4: Oh, baby. Oh, baby. With, with oh, baby. The kids, it looks, a, it looks a lot. more looks different. Than the the kids. <laughs> a little different with the kids. Uh, we're going to bring the kids, like I said, so we'll get there probably at, like, three, four, and then we would like to go down. The band is huge in, in Wisconsin, like a lot yep. of places. I'm sure Columbus is the same thing, so we'll kind of watch like the little pregame band concert with the kids. We'll watch the players show up and they do this cool arch march where they kind of walk. It's not that far. It's you know maybe a quarter mile, less than that even, yep. um, from where they get off the buses and the fans kind of line both sides like a lot of teams do before they get to the stadium. So we'll watch that and then we'll bring some cornhole and some, some footballs to the parking lot and um, a cooler of, of refreshments and just let the kids run around with some of their friends that are coming. So it'll be a great day. Hopefully the weather's that's awesome. Glorious. Hopefully make some good memories.
1: They'll, will everybody make it to jump around?
4: That's the plan. That's what we said. So being it's a night game, it's going to be a little later night than yep. they normally have. Cause we're, we're, we're tough parents. We get them in bed by like seven 30 or eight every night. Uh, yep. But that's what we it's said. Cool. All right, kids, we guarantee we're going to stay till jump around, and then we'll leave after jump around. So yep. uh, that's one That's one thing you can't miss.
1: You know, here's the thing, folks, about Hoff. The man always has a plan. There is a plan. Of course. The execution is <laughs> He's there. he got the piece. This is the perfect plan. This is exactly how you do it. You get the kids in prime time, 7 o'clock, jump around, Illinois State, you're guaranteed to win. Kids are going to have the time of their lives. Good job out of you, Hoff. Thanks for your
4: time, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I, I know one thing about me, and my wife knows same thing if there's no plan I'm a real jackass if, if there's a plan I'm dialed in I'm ready to go baby I'm having yeah. a great time Hoff, before ready. you
2: get out of here or before you get out of here we got to give a little shout out to the good folks at town hall who took treated the Hoff like oh. the king that he is appropriate on Saturday night totally appropriate and, and it, was, it was fun to be out there and, and uh, see the people you know flock to the Hoff. but yeah the shout out town hall great time took care of us we ran into uh, miles and in, uh, Winovich out there as well
4: yeah, yeah there you go Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a great time it was great to be able to break some bread with the the crew chris rose Aditi, our producers the great z everybody was there we got a nice little booth in the corner yeah we had, we had an awesome time and one great. thing i learned that uh made made my evening was when z goes out in cleveland no pay when the Miz <laughs> goes out in cleveland full pay <laughs> So
2: far, at town hall. Yeah, I've had a lovely. They've taken good care of me at town hall. Obviously, with the Hof taking care of him, the Hoff's like, yeah, they take care of me all the time. Of course, he's the Hof. Of course, yeah. And then the only time I've ever seen somebody paid was the bids, and we went there Monday after <laughs> all. Like he he was supplying, and I maybe it's because of Monday nights he was supplying pretty much all the revenue of that evening because he yeah, had yeah. like thirty people in there. But uh, what's the deal?
0: Hey, <laughs> well, listen, what a I'm, story. It is. And Hoff love
2: that too. They like, yeah, can't a little – you know, he had to it. give a little, a little shot victory. To the, a little victory pose as he likes to do. Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah. All right, Hoff. We'll talk soon. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys.
2: Bye, ah,
4: Hoff. All
1: right, we'll go around the NFL coming up next. You'll see to Cleveland Brods on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland
1: Rubke Waste Recycling. Family owned and operated, whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll be part of the family. Visit rumkey.com to learn more. We'll go around the league in a second, but I cannot believe I've not shared this story with you. This isn't parody. It's not the onion. Okay. This okay. is, this is from uh, a newspaper called the state out of Columbia, South Carolina. Okay. Okay. You are aware that, or maybe you're not, that the university of South Carolina the has a cuts. live rooster yes. mascot. Indeed. That is a, that's a rooster. Okay. Yeah. And his name is Sir Big Spur. Okay? This much you know. Now I believe I can read directly from the state. why they come up with that name? Hold please. Okay. South Carolina's live rooster mascot is about to debut a new name change. A new alias for the mascot, formerly known as Sir Big Spur, was an will be announced sometime between now and the Gamecocks kickoff the season, September 3rd, against Georgia State, the university confirmed to the state. we got to rename the guy. Why the name change? It boils down to a disagreement between the bird's original owners, Mary Snelling and Ron Albertini, and the new owners, Beth and Van Clark, over whether or not the animal's comb on its head should be trimmed. According to the report, out of the Charleston newspaper, the original owners trimmed the rooster's comb, a red, fleshy area on its head to make the bird look more like a fighting gamecock. The Clarks have opted to keep the comb intact, citing the health benefits to the bird. An agreement with the original owners allowing the years to the Sir Big Spur name has expired, and USC is guiding the process to select a new name. The Clarks have now changed the Twitter profile to mascot. The new name won't be Big Spur, which was the name Of use for USC's costume mascot in the pre-1980s and before the creation of Cocky, the university's legal team advised against using the old name Big Spur, but was suggested by many fans because of the close relationship to Sir Big Spur. What about not Big Spur? So, I'm just going (laughs) to show you what this is not. Not Big Spur. That would have been funny to do. So this was the choice, as done by the student newspaper at South Carolina. I don't think I'm going to say that on the air. Please don't. Please don't. So I don't think we're going to say that. Um, that, was heck, please please that was I, I've, I saw this this, this weekend, and I was like, please, God, don't say this. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. So they've named him. They've named the, the rooster the general as opposed to that one or Sir Big Spur or anything like that. They could have even called him General Spur. What I want to know from you. Okay. First of all, isn't that just a delicious piece of nonsense? Yes. Um, what is the going rate for a used rooster mascot? Like, how much was he sold That's right. for?
2: I mean, it's got to be absurd, and so but I'm going to give a number. That I, I, think I don't was have an absurd. answer. I oh. really
1: am looking for. I'm really just trying to guess because I think it could be anywhere between like fifty bucks or five hundred thousand. I, I, I think it's grand. an enormous when twenty-five
2: grand came to my mind. It's an enormous... Which feels like an outrageous purchase.
1: Roosters are the worst. They suck as much as anything. They're yeah. ill-tempered. They're terrible.
2: Don't they wake you up, too? Yes. Like a bunch of jerks. They attack you? They're total jerks.
1: Do. They're the worst. Like, the notion... I just find it... The whole thing's insane. But the idea of... Like, how do, you, how do you settle on a price for the bird? I don't know. Like, if I
2: swapped him out, would anybody notice? Nope. Not one Can't person. imagine. Why Big Spur, though? I still don't get it. Is that like what they call it? That's what they the... have,
1: the, the Spurs they have on their... On their... When they come at you. Okay. They have the Spurs there. Okay. You remember when Kenny Powers is in Mexico? I yeah. Remember how that okay. went? He had a fighter. Yeah. And then little Jerry Seinfeld. And Seinfeld was in the mix, too. <laughs> it was, little Jerry Seinfeld was great. <laughs> it was a great one. Isn't that great? God,
2: the SEC is ludicrous. Um, By the way, I watched... A, a com- speaking of Seinfeld, I watched a, a comedian... Uh, comedians and cars getting coffee aren't those great to paratroop in on? It's we we what we usually that's usually like the final thing like once we, it's perfect. It's twenty final, minutes. At sometimes most, are longer. At yeah. most, some most are most 10. could be like twelve minutes. Yeah. yeah, so we watched Steve Martin last night. Oh, and he was great, so great. And their car like broke down. Yeah, which was hilarious. Yeah, and uh, Martin was, was not pleased about it. I don't think that the car broke down. He in of it. It's like, have you done this bit before? Yeah. And Jerry's like, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Jerry's annoyed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. It's funny, but how he's it, done. He's just done with it. I've yeah. done it. I guess he. I mean, who else more could he talk to? He did pretty much everybody you'd want to.
2: Like in most people, you really wanted him to do. He did like three times or twice. True. Yeah, I would have liked
1: one more with LD. Yeah, because the first LD one was only like twelve minutes. Yeah, and I felt like I I would have liked to have seen a thirty minute sure. LD.
2: Sure, his Super Dave ones were great too.
1: The Super Daves were the best. The Cosmo Kramer one is unbelievable. Her in Kramer like go to Jay Moore's
2: house. It's unreal. It's Sugar Ray leonards. <laughs> I just watched that one, and I just watched uh, Elaine. Elaine was good too. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. The Super Daves are really remarkable because Super Dave's really into it. Yeah. Um, well, I, now I can't go to this to this top story. We're having all this fun, so we won't do that. So let's just go through some of the other things that are out there. Um, Mike Tomlin having an interesting time with his quarterback. They're going to go Trubisky clearly feels that way. And then they'll go to pick it at some point. If it doesn't work with Trubisky, yeah. their opening schedule is brutal. Yeah, absolutely brutal. We went over this the other day. Um, here you go. Here's your Steelers. So they've got Bengals at Cincinnati Patriots, us jets at bills, bucks, dolphins at Eagles, that's pretty brutal through the end of October. Yeah. Is what they go. I would say based on right now, they're the only thing for sure is they'll be favored against the Jets. And then maybe Patriots spinning with the Patriots look like week one. Everything else they'll be a dog up until the, the start of November. And that's also coincides with their bye week. So you could see them after Philly, because then they go Saints, Bengals at home. That that point you could go to Pickett and you got the bye week. If you want to do it, you could do it that way.
2: That's where it seems to make the most sense. Yeah, they have a tough start. We have an easy start we must capitalize on, or a favorable start. Nothing's easy in the NFL. Favorable start that the Browns have to capitalize on. You've got to be in a good spot after those first four games, 4-0, four, 3-1. No, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely do. Um, uh, Other things in Pittsburgh, Deontay Johnson, T.J. Watt, both uh, exited the preseason finale with injuries.
2: Uh, no golf for the Lions in that game. They kept most of their guys out. Yeah, they kept people out. And then the crazy story out of Washington is is wild. And he had kind of ascended to be their starting running back.
1: It's Brian Robinson, the kid out of Alabama, big, bruising back. Yeah. He
2: just gets carjacked and shot. And he's unfortunately in stable condition, right. which is great. Just drive. But I mean, that's a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. Shot
1: multiple times at arm, arm robbery attempt. Um, so that's out there as well. Sam Darnold, significant ankle injury. So he's going to miss four to six. So that's Matt Corral and Sam Darnold both down. Baker stand for Carolina this season. That's the way that's going to yeah, go. I don't even know. Backup will probably
2: who... be PJ Walker. Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah. So it went from like kind of crowded. Maybe they'd play a couple of quarterbacks this year. There was something I can't remember. if It was a poll question or something. Might be something that I did in the morning was, you know, how many games will Baker start? This was like in once the trade happened, like how many games would Baker start this year? And the number was like, I don't know, ten or twelve or whatever it was. And I thought I don't think it. I can't, I didn't think he would probably start all of them because I thought they'd go to Corral at some point. Not now. Nope. No, he's he'll get the full run of it and good for him uh, down there. Um, the Broncos are releasing
2: nine-year veteran Sam Martin, the punter. Uh, so there you have that. It is just because of you know, everything is not hindsight's 2020 in this case. There are things that have happened that have changed it, but mm-hmm. you wonder what his value to the Panthers would have been today had the Browns not trade You needed to trade him. You had to do it. So it was, you're not, nobody's second guessing it. I don't want anybody to think that that's what I'm saying at all. You had to get, and it was a wonderful thing that you were able to do it when you were, and good for him too, because it gave him a chance to come in there and earn that starting job. Now you have to play him and, and hopefully the Browns take care of business. But you wonder what it would be now or would they have gone for Garoppolo now? I mean, if they had lost Darnold and Corral, they're in a pretty... Well the, the, the 49ers
1: work. played that game. They're playing it until tomorrow. They have till tomorrow to release or trade Jimmy G otherwise yeah. the contract becomes guaranteed. So, did you read that story about like Lance talking about Garoppolo's the way that it's going like Peter King had it in Football Morning in America. He was talking about how Garoppolo like practices on his own field all the way away from everybody else when they're in meetings, he's working out and when they're and then vice versa. So he's never in the same place. He's not around it at all. They're trying to find a way to deal him. They, but the, we're at the eleventh hour now, right? You know, and Seattle is going clearly tank because they're going with uh, Geno Smith. First time he started, you know, he's the one who broke up Eli Manning's start streak. I do. So he's he's getting the start out there. So if you want to build build your CJ Stroud game jerseys for the Seahawks, then that would probably Feels work pretty good. Feels like that's a lock to be able to do that. But Garoppolo is hanging on out there. He's probably going to have to be released, which I think he prefers. But I don't know where the suitor there is. On that,
2: there was a lot of smoke earlier about Pittsburgh, but you wonder if if they still feel the same way. Um, yeah, I don't know where it goes. How about the the
1: um, press conference from Tom Brady over the weekend?
2: I only saw. I'm clips 45 of it. years old. I have things going on in my life. There's
1: a lot of blank going on, man. Same brother.
2: <laughs> same. Yeah, that, I've never felt. I never felt more like Tom Brady. I thought that was wild. Though. That was a wild reason why he had to do that.
1: Well, he's in it, and I—I I mean, I just connect dots on this, right? He's in it. His sweat. Everything he does is on purpose. You see, what the, the hoodie wore? No, I didn't. It said forever on it. Yeah, so I think that's the—that's the deal. He's fighting for some things, man. But he's so candid now with this stuff. Um, this uh, another story as well. Matt Ariza, who's the punter out of San Diego State, who had the allegations of, uh, in, the, in the civil allegations of of gang rape of a minor, he was released over the weekend by the Bills as well. So that's where you stand in terms of that from a cut line standpoint around the league. All right, coming up next, we'll do our best to predict our 53-man roster. When I say we do our best, you are talking to the Z. Get your pencils out or your shoppies. You listen to Cleveland brown's Daily on 850 ESPN
0: Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland
1: The Land on Demand now free in the palm of your hands during the entire month of August ESPN Cleveland the bath authority giving fans free access to the Land on the Man for all the news you don't want to miss See us live in the brand-new studios. Replay all your favorite shows commercial-free and on-demand. Get all access to Tony Grossi's Browns Analysis and more. Visit thelandondemand.com or download the app today. The Land on Demand, remodeled by the Bath Authority. All right, 53 it is, buddy.
2: All right, 53, and these are certainly not scores. This is my best guess at what Your best guess is pretty good. Listen, Not
1: a Sharpie, but I go felt tip. Paper made felt tip on your 53.
2: Um, All right, so here's what I'm looking at. Um, And again, there are probably this could move around a little ways, but like we said, probably 49 to 50 even of these 53 are, are, I think, pretty set in stone. So here's what I've got. This is the Zagura 53. I like it. I like it. Two quarterbacks. Yep. Brissett Dobbs. Four running backs. And this is based on the information we have now. Like if there are trades or whatever, you can't I mean you can't do anything about it. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, thirty. Jerome Ford, thirty-four. Six wide receivers. Yep. Mari Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, Anthony Schwartz, David Bell, Demetric Felton, and Mike Woods. Mike Woods. I think you have to. So that's that's a spot that you could circle as either moving somewhere else. That's that to me. That's one of the spots. That's up. all right.
1: Here's what I'm going to do. So Woods, would of that would be the only one that would be
2: question question. Yep. Everything else. Three tight ends. David Ajoku. Okay. This is alarm bells here now. Harrison Bryant. Yep. And then either Forrestal or Johnny Stanton. I'll go with Forrestal for now. But it's Forrestal Stanton, and I, they, I think they like the Grubbs too. But that's that's a definite parentheses. They could go with two tight ends. Or three. I don't think he'll get four on this roster. Nine offensive linemen. Okay. Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio, Ethan Posick, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, backups, Chris Hubbard, James Hudson, Michael Dunn, and Yelda Froholt. Yelda Froholt. Yelda Froholt. So that's put Yelda in a – he goes in parentheses. So that could end up being Blake Hance. Yep. uh, Drew Forbes. Um, but I think the other eight are pretty set. All right, I like All it. All right, so that's 24, if my math's right. Do you agree with is so you that? you got 12, 18, and 6, 24 on offense. Okay, defense. I've got five defensive ends. I've got Miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney, Alex Wright, Chase Winovich, and then in a parenthesis, this is one that I think is very much up for grabs. I don't know if it – I think if it's for today, it's Isaac Rochelle. If it's for the future, it's Isaiah Thomas. But I do think it'll be five defensive ends. Thomas Rochelle. All and, right. And right now I would probably say Rochelle. Okay. But I, I hope I, – I love Isaiah Thomas, and they do too. Four defensive tackles, Jordan Elliott, Taven Bryan, Tommy Togi, Iperian Winfrey. Now that's one that could, if there's a cut somewhere that they're intrigued yeah. by, that's one that maybe could change. I have six linebackers. Okay. J-O-K, Anthony Walker, Jacob Phillips, Sione Taki Taki, Tony Fields, and Jordan Kunashik. And I'm not even sure I have to parentheses him, but we'll parentheses him for now. Could be Dakota Allen, but I think I think Kunashik. And now that could also be five linebackers. So that's... How, what, should,
1: do we need to parentheses the sixth linebacker? Do you think a sixth linebacker's on there? We just don't know who it is. I think...
2: I think we need to just keep it there because that's one that could be moved around. But I think Kunashik would be the guy. Okay. Six corners. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams, MJ Emerson, AJ Green. Those are all locks. And then the six would be the parentheses would be Herb Miller. I think Sean Jolly made a real strong case, but I do think Herb Miller is, is a premier gunner. Ah, and I think that that, will be what keeps him on the roster, but yep. it wouldn't surprise me to see Sean Jolly here in our program. All right. And then five safeties. And I don't think, you, we, d- to I don't think we need a parentheses. discuss there. Yep. John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit, Rich LeCount, and D. Anthony Bell. That gets 20, you to 26. Gets get you to 50. Our and then specials. Charlie Hewlett, Cade York, Corey Bohorquez. So, the, in fact, the only ones that we
1: even put either or was Forrestal Stanton. Thomas
2: Rochelle Miller Jolly, and I think you could say on some level, Froholt Hans. You know, I think that yeah. there's there's room in there if they wanted to go with eight linemen they could. If they wanted to go with you know nine they can't. I did, there's things that can move around, but that's that's where I'm at as of right now. 24 offense, 26 defense, and you feel pretty you feel pretty good about that. But that just goes back to the point of there are, it's it's a handful. Of spots.
1: I mean, that's. I just want to know what I got to see. That,
2: yeah, wide There's, receiver. That's does a big that question. stay
1: tomorrow at four o'clock? Is that what it looks like next Friday
2: when you're flying to Carolina? Here's the thing that's hard about it to me is if the Browns do work something out, mm-hmm. my guess, my hunch would be. That they'd probably end up going with, if, if it was a running back, let's say, that mm-hmm. was moved, they'd probably keep those three tailbacks and go seven receivers. I don't know that they are willing to let go of any of those six per se Yeah, for somebody else at this point. Especially if it's an outside guy, because yeah. they like Mike Woods. And they're not, like, the people who think that the Schwartz era is coming to a close, like, now are that's not not happening nope nope that is not so that's where it is there so you have some movement around you could still go you know two tight ends 10 offensive linemen two tight ends seven receivers if you wanted if they if the move is made that way but I feel I feel really good about the defensive side my really only question on the defensive side right now is is it Isaac Rochelle or Isaiah Thomas
1: expert job out of you brother so much more to come you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Well, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four legged companion. Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at barkingbackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Were you surprised Brady was number one? In terms of. NFL. Number one player in the NFL. NFL oh, On the top 100? Yeah surprising right? he wasn't
2: even the best quarterback in the league last year no uh-uh. but he's brady and maybe yeah. they, maybe he so was they went it went maybe he was actually number two and donald's one and they're like we can't have that we can't have that be number one so they flipped, <laughs> they flipped it at it the last it. second so when brady it's possible it, dude it's all possible. The b-roll's exactly the same they'd run the exact
0: they run things. the
1: exact same piece all you do is just graphically change
2: it right It'd be very easy to change so maybe that one thing i wanted people to think sure. about real quickly so this is last year when people yeah. are thinking about and the, this is a good roster So could there be some waiver claims? Could the Browns make some moves? I'd say defensive tackle, wide receiver, those would be the tight end. Those would be the positions to look at. But a year ago, in the entire league, there were 27 total waiver claims awarded to 19 teams after the initial cut down to 53 across the league. The Giants had the most claims last year with three. So this is not – it's not how it works. It's not the big thing that people, I think, maybe make it out to be.
1: I think that's sometimes the way that it used to be, it, and people forget, like, you know, let's claim all the Steelers receivers. Yeah. You remember that? We're just That's just not the way it's done anymore. All right, good job out of you. 53 was a thing of inspiration, my friend.
2: Ah, uh, thank you.
1: We are back tomorrow for more fun. The next level is coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland.